Literary Scape presents the historical, inspirational book club podcast, the first of its kind. This show is for those who love clean romance adventure stories from the 1800s. Hey, it's just me today because the other members of my group either have sick kids <laughs> or one's out of state for a family wedding. And so, so I apologize you don't get to meet all of us, but I'm still excited to have you. <laughs> me. I'm excited. Yeah. So this isn't really on the list, but I am curious because you also do, um, are you a seamstress also? Do you do sewing? Yeah. Yeah, I am a professional seamstress yeah it's I've been doing it for like over 30 years um but I'm a little burned out so I'm hoping you know maybe writing will be my creative outlet so yeah I because I think I saw your post where you did some work for the Backstreet Boys recently (laughs) yeah I did I got to meet one of them it was interesting Oh, I bet. I can imagine. So like, I'm a child of the, well, I was born in 86, but like 90s, the boy band era was like my thing. So <laughs> I was like, oh my word, she met at Backstreet Boys. <laughs> it's so funny because I, I miss them. I'm older than that. And then my kids miss them. They're on the other side of it. And so they weren't really somebody to actually look up. <laughs> they were when we got called. I mean, I knew who they were, but I had to look up like, you know, who the um, individual people in the band were, because I had no idea. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's exciting. So tell me a little bit about how you got into writing then. Um, Well, oh, let's see. Um, I don't know. I've always had stories in my mind that I would kind of mull over. Um, You know, ever since I was a kid, I would do this. I mean, especially when like I couldn't sleep at night. And so, or the worries of the day would just kind of keep me awake. Um, it was a good way to just sort of let all that go. But I kind of thought, I used to think that um, that wasn't what normal people did. And so I wouldn't share that with anybody. <laughs> um, but then my kids started talking about how they did the same thing. And, um, and so I thought, well, maybe it's not that unusual. Um, and mm-hmm. so when my youngest daughter, um, when I was preparing school for her, I decided I would do a creative writing class because she had this really intricate story that she would be telling me about. Um, And so I thought, you know, because it was also kind of corresponding to a time when I couldn't, I was having trouble finding books that I liked, that I wanted to read. I was starting them Mm -hmm. and able to finish them. And it was the same with movies. And I just wasn't finding anything that I liked. These stories I kept going back to. In fact, I would be trying to go to them, you know, and I'd wake up and I'd, oh, is that, is that possible? And I'd research it. <laughs> so it wasn't really helping to put me to sleep. Um, but anyway, I decided when I was um, starting this, spending this creative writing class for my career, I thought, why don't I do this thing? Why don't I try and write one of my stories down from beginning to end to see if I could fit? And it wasn't, I wasn't planning on publishing it. I wasn't planning on sharing it with anyone. I didn't tell anyone, um, not even my husband or my kids. I just um, decided I'd do it to see if I could. And then um, I thought I could, every year I could open up the document and just read it whenever I couldn't figure out something to read myself. And so um, September of 2018, I opened up my computer and started typing. And then mm-hmm. I shared it with a couple of people and they were like, oh my gosh, you have to 
finish this and you have to publish it. And so I started looking into that and researching traditional publishing and self-publishing. And I decided to go the self-publishing route. And by June of 2020, I published the first book and was on my way to the second, third and fourth book. And so now I've got four books published. That's awesome. So you really like the uh, indie publishing route then that you took? I do. Yeah, I really do. I don't think I would go back. There are many, not, not go back, but I don't think I would, if I were offered a traditional publishing, I think I would stick with self-publishing. Yeah. So I write on the side too, uh, in the historical Christian romance genre, and I, I haven't... So I published one in young adult and it didn't go well. Like, I just, I don't think I knew. I didn't, I don't, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so I would be curious to pick your brain probably later on just to see, because I've looked at traditional and I've looked at indie and I feel like I'm probably a control freak and I don't want to be told what I can mm-hmm. and can't have in my books, uh, you know? So I don't know. We'll see, yeah. but well, well, that's self-promoting that you have to do and I'm not really um focused on that right now um I'm right now I'm focused more on writing um and so you know it 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 is harder it's going to be a tough road to to do on my own but um I think the pros outweigh the cons for me yeah so where did you get your inspiration for the painted vessel series then um well For a couple of years before um, that story started evolving in my mind, there were, um, were a lot of traumas that were happening to a lot of people close to me. Um, and, you know, just like one after the other of these like horrible things that were going on. And, and I couldn't thinking, Lord, why is this, why is this happening so close to me? I mean, it, none of it was happening directly to me, but I, I still felt, um, felt it pretty strongly and so um so i wanted to you know looking at how these people handled it you know whether it was this way or that way um it it was really eye-opening and um and looking at what it it did for for me and my spiritual development too i I wanted to kind of capture that um what can god do with all of these bad things that happen um in life and how can he use those um, for his will. And, and so I, I started writing this story or thinking up this story around this. I wanted to, um, to look at the lessons that I had learned and the lessons that these people had learned, um, and, and kind of, um, show those, but in a story that had nothing to do with what had actually happened. Um, and, and to create a story around it was not only entertaining, but, um, was hopefully inspiring, um, to mm-hmm. the people that were in it, uh, whether they had gone through traumas themselves or had not, um, just something that could maybe build an empathy for all of that, or at least say you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I've only been able to get, um, start into your first book. Um, I haven't gone through, because you, did you just publish your sixth book in that series? Fourth, fourth, fourth. but you will have six, right? I'm hoping to have, I've definitely had one more. I might have two, possibly three more. I don't know, but as they, as I plan out the next one, it actually starts inspiring other goals. And so we'll see how far this goes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that's really neat though, but it, it is, a, I, 
amazing how when you have you or those around you that go through tough times, like what God really teaches you through those. And then to turn around and be able to share it in this way is really awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about each book so far in the series? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, Painted Vessels um, follows Eli and Ada. Um, primarily, they're the two main characters. I would say Eli is probably more of a main character than Ada is, um, but you can't have mm -hmm. one without the um, And so it kind of goes through 15 years of their life um, through this trauma. And um, it, Eli has this dream at one point, um, which is God's calling. And so he spends mm -hmm. a lot of his journey trying to figure out what that um, dream is, what it means, what he's being called to do. And so it, um, it ends up bringing him to East Haven this little town, which seems like it has nothing to do with his dream, but, and through the, um, the challenges that he faces there, um, it slowly but surely develops into um, almost like a, a stepping stones um, on a pathway. It leads to um, mm -hmm. revealing what his calling is. And so that's the first book. Um, and then a second one um, is, um, it's actually um, follows three different stories um, and it's, uh, I wanted to take it the next step, um, and not look at what the aftermath was, but of the traumas and stuff, but what the traumas actually were, because I didn't really, um, go in in the first book of who, like, the bad guys were. I mean, there's definitely an antagonist, you know, he's not a, a he's, he's not the, the antagonist in book one is not the, um, the gang that took Eli and Aiden that abducted them. And so I wanted to kind of look more at their gang and I wanted to look at what, um, um, what happened, you know, more of the trauma that was happening. Um, mm -hmm. and so that one a bit grittier, but, um, I, I wanted to have, um, Jake who's at the end of book one, uh, be looking for his father and at the same time, follow Joe who's looking for his son. Um, but I also wanted to look at, um, the idea of holding on to faith through these traumas. And so I um, paired up Joe and Rudy together um, to, to kind of look at, at um, Joe's loss of faith through the trauma that he goes through and Rudy's um, uh, holding on to faith in the trauma that she goes through. And so, um, so I'm, I'm looking at that storyline. So Jake's storyline, Joe's storyline, and then um, Marie and her kids, who are actually, um, uh, they're basically living under Victor, the, the gang leader, and, and his cruel tyranny and consulting at their trauma. So I named the three stories, timelines, um, severed, divided, and cleaved. And they, they all, because that book is titled Fractured Vessels, um, I wanted them to all mm -hmm. kind of um, tie in with his brokenness um, and with severed, which is uh, Jake's timeline. He's kind of um, severed. He's breaking ties, breaking off ties or dissolving ties, um, which is what kind of what happens when he's taken from his father. Um, and then with Joe, his timeline is um, story is called divided, uh, and that's you know kind of it's uh, a diverging or a um, branching away, which is kind of what happens to his faith when he goes through this trauma. And then the other timeline mm -hmm. is cleaving, which has two meanings. One, you know, it's um is um, to split or divide with a cutting blow, which is what Victor, the 
gang leader is doing to um, his victims, basically, but it also mm-hmm. means to adhere closely or to remain faithful, which is the, the main theme of holding on to the faith through um, this trauma. Um, and so, so that's kind of what that story focuses on. Um, and then there's a, a little bit of a, a mystery where um, Eli is trying to help Jake find his father. Um, and so that whole thing there. And then um, Emptied Vessels takes this whole idea a little bit further. And the main theme is on forgiveness. Um, and it brings the story back to, because the second story mainly takes part in this big city that's um, sort of modeled after Chicago and New York of, of the mm-hmm. late 1800s. And so we bring the story back to East Haven, this small little town. And I wanted to look at all of the people um, involved in the story up to this point and look mm-hmm. at what it's to forgive, what it feels like, what it looks like to forgive these things that were unthinkable um, that were happening. And mm-hmm. so um, along with a little bit of a, um, you know, dark twisty story that comes to East yeah. Haven, I kind of, I wanted to look at forgiveness in that and what it takes for um, everybody to empty uh, empty themselves to forgive, which empty vessels is the name of that one. Um, and so, and then um, a covenant vessel is a prequel uh, that goes back and looks at um, the caravan, some of the members of the caravan who took Eli and Ada in, in the first book, specifically yeah. um, Ed and Rosa and um, Ira. Mm-hmm. And it looks their life before they even joined the caravan and the events that led up to it. And that whole story, um, the theme of that one is um, the cost of following Christ. Um, and so it's, it's oh, okay. it kind of follows, you know, their story and, and the things that happened to them to lead them to that point. And so. Wow. Wow. I like it. You do. I will say um, and from as I'm probably like halfway through, I think the, the first book. Um, and there's a lot of um, really deep, like you said, there's some dark um, pieces in there, but I think the way you have it laid out, you do a great job of like exposing that darkness, but then having God's truth come in where there's that grace, that mercy. And I, I'm excited to read more about the forgiveness piece because I feel like that's hard for everyone, but I feel like even now in this day and age, it's like people cannot just you know, forgive and move on. So I'm excited to see where the characters go. <laughs> That's awesome. So you kind of already answered my next question about whether there'd be more books and you're still trying to decide if there'll be five or six or seven. So <laughs> yeah, there's definitely will be a fifth book and I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a sixth and seventh and, um, you know, okay. it's just a matter of going through each one and seeing yeah. where this goes. Where it goes. Yeah. Um, so what was your thinking behind the non-linear timeline in this story? So, and this is just me because at first I didn't realize it was non-linear and I was like, oh my goodness, we just ran forward or we just moved backwards. I was probably, um, reading late at night when I shouldn't, you know, when your brain's not fully following. The funny thing is that when I did that, um, I actually wanted that to be a reveal that, you know, the, the reader didn't know that it was jumping in time until that eighth chapter when it's revealed. (laughs) And I was, that's actually why there aren't dates in my book, which would have clarified that. And and that's probably Mm -hmm. the biggest 
the biggest criticism I have in the first book is that there are no dates. Um, and it's like, well, I didn't, it would have gave it away. And, and so, but then yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Um, all the reviews talk about it, that it's, it's jumping around yeah. fine. So it's like, it's not, it's not a big reveal. It's not a spoiler anymore. <laughs> so um, my, my reason, my reasoning for, for doing that is that um, I, in that first book, I really did want to see what happened after the trauma, what God could do with those things. And so it made sense to start the book after they had escaped. I wanted to see what happened after most books are giving their, um, they escaped, they got away, they lived happily ever after the end. Right. What happens next? I always mm -hmm. wanted to know what happened next. And so that's yeah. kind of what's up. And it was a great way because of what happened in Eli and Ada's past completely changes and affects their future. Mm -hmm. It felt mm -hmm. like a natural way to um, to reveal those, to see them side by side, kind of like a um, the teeth and a zipper zipping together mm -hmm. to see this is why this is part of their who they are. You know, this happened and and now this is happening. And and to see them side by side just made sense. It was a great way to um to reveal the things that are happening in the story. And I actually went back and tried to read it in chronological order and it just didn't work. So it yeah it's yeah. it does work to do it that I way. I think it does I think it does work to be honest from a reader's perspective. It totally works. It's and I do like you're right. You kept it hidden. So it's like not obvious to the reader at first that you're like you're traveling back and forth and I'm like how do these guys go with these guys and um but then once you get far enough in I feel like the back and forth makes sense. Like there's other books out there that have done that that have like here's what's happening now and and then they kind of flash back to what happened to cause this you know so i think you're doing great i know that not not everyone likes that kind of jumping back and forth timeline but there is a group of readers that really do enjoy that so so don't don't give it up because i know reviews can be discouraging sometimes <laughs> it's, it's um uh you know the, the first book jumps around within the 15 years you know the first half of their 15 years and the second half of their 15 years book two mm -hmm. follows three different timelines. These stories happen at different times. Um, by book three, all of these timelines have funneled down into one. Uh, and so it becomes much linear as the story goes along. Um, but I, I think there may be opportunity to bring that back um, a little bit. But I think that now that I have some more experience, I might be able to make it a little more easy to follow maybe. And I, I did at the first book, I, I made sure that within the first paragraph, the reader would know if they were doing, if they were reading a flashback or if they were reading, you know, the, the current event events that were taking I place. I agree. I agree. You did a great job with that. I caught on to that right away after I figured out the timeline. So yeah, you did great. Um, so do you have a favorite book that you've written so far in this series? Um, no, I think the, um, I think the most recent book is usually the one that I'm most excited about at the time, but I, I go back to, you know, just loving all of them. And, and I do, every time I write a book, um, I, I, after I write it, I'll go back and I'll read the entire series just so that my, um, the, the consistency is there. Um, and, uh, and so, and when I do that, I just, I fall in love with them again because, um, I just enjoy the stories so much. So I really, can't say um that there's a favorite book but 
you know, the most recent one is probably the one that I'm the most excited about at any given time. Right. Right. It's funny because every author we've interviewed says the same thing. Like they don't have a favorite. It's really what they're into right now. So (laughs) I had one author say they're kind of like kids. You don't you shouldn't pick a favorite, you know, (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, So who was your favorite character to write so far for the series? That was another tough one because um, (laughs) obviously the main characters in each book has, you know, I mean, I, I wrote the book from all of the entire series is from several different points of view. Um, and, and I really enjoy diving into each character's, um, personality by doing that. Um, you know, and I think it works, um, like for instance, the first book has 23 points of view, which is almost unheard of. And, um, the, the second book has 13 points of view. The third one goes back up to, um, 23. And then the fourth one actually only has like eight points of view or something like that. And it focuses mainly on the three main characters. But um, I, I, I like telling it that way because I get to really know each of the characters and, um, and they're so, they're, they're just, they're so rich to me in, in that I've, I've developed them and all of their backstory and a backstory about these characters that will never end up in the books. And I think that helps. Um, but the, the points of view work because I'm, I'm, focusing on one story and they're all bringing something to that main story. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's a, a character that I like. I, I do enjoy writing some of the, the humorous side characters, um, which maybe some of them you haven't gotten to yet, but um, well, Evelyn becomes a very um, humorous character in, in later books. And um, there's Gil Carlson um, and, and, I, and John, which is the antagonist of the first book, Um, And he goes through a redemption arc that um, that makes him a very likable character later on in the series, which is fun to write. Um, But I even I kind of enjoyed even diving into the bad guys and um, looking at at what made them tick, too. So but but yeah, I mean, obviously, I've got a a special place, I guess, for the main characters of each book. So sure. Yeah. I mean, those are the ones you spend the most time developing and. Uh-huh. So I can yeah. see that. Um, so who was your hardest character to write? I honestly don't have one. I mean, maybe um, huh? in this fifth book, I'm still actually trying to figure out uh, Joshua. But I think once I start writing his story, um, it's it's going to be just as easy as the rest of them. But yeah, I, I, I don't really. And, and it, I guess it depends on what you mean by hard. Do you mean like emotionally hard to write or do you mean just actually difficult to write um probably you know probably both you know that would be interesting to know on both well difficult none of them were really difficult um emotionally hard um there were certain scenes maybe that were more emotionally hard to write than the characters themselves Mm -hmm. there's a um a scene in um i mean obviously in book one there's um a few scenes that are and I don't, I don't know how much spoiling I want to do here, but... Um, okay, so yeah. I'll tell you the scene where they lost their child, and we won't say who, <laughs> but that was very difficult. I think that kind of just goes back on my own um, personal experience, but I, you, you wrote that very well. I mean, you really captured the emotions that come with that, so... Right. 
I usually cry along with it when I'm writing it and when I'm editing it and yeah. when I read it for the 500th time, I'm still crying. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and so there's, there's, there's scenes in all of the books that are heart wrenching. Um, and I, and I wouldn't say that they're difficult to write. Um, they're emotionally hard to write and I really have mm-hmm. to there with the character, um, yeah. which means I'm kind of in a low mood for a little while, but, um, but focusing on Christ through all of that really helps because that's ultimately what I'm trying to to talk about is, you know, these horrible things can happen to us. Um, but ultimately mm-hmm. God, you know, God does use them for um, his greater purpose. And, and we may right. not even understand, like in the first book, one of the main themes is, is um, to trust, trust God in the middle of the unknown. Um, and yeah. so to continually go back to, I don't understand why this is happening right now, but I don't need to know the why to trust him and to know that ultimately his plan is better than anything I can imagine. And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's awesome. So uh, I'm going to ask a question that's not on the page. Okay. <laughs> Cause I'm just curious. Do you have like a favorite author or a favorite series um, that you've read? Um, I don't, I don't know if I do. I really liked almost all of Randy Alcorn's uh, fiction. Um, okay. I, and I don't, I don't know if he's affected my, my writing at all. I, I don't think mm-hmm. that writing is anything like anybody else's necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I just haven't found it yet, but um, yeah, I, I would say I really liked, uh, especially his, um, um, safely home book. I really liked that one. And yeah, I did. I think he's probably one of my favorites. Okay. Awesome. So where can our listeners connect with you? Um, I don't have a website right now, but um, obviously Instagram, which is um, painted vessels all the word. Um, and then I have a Facebook author page under my name, Gina Renee Freitag. Um, and okay. then and then I also have a, a Facebook, just a regular account with Painted Vessels as the name of it. So those are probably, um, oh, and I, I have an email too, but um, I don't really check it that often. But um, it's uh, um, Painted Vessels, all one word, at um, gmail.com. And so those are the best places probably to see what's going on, to get an update on um, where I'm at in the process of publishing the next book or writing this book. And so, yeah. Okay. I will make sure um, when I do the post for this, I'll um, add those at the bottom so they can just click and, and follow you. I know I follow you on Instagram. I didn't realize you were on Facebook too. So I'll try to uh, connect with you there as well, but yeah, I am. So I just can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, Our goal at literary escape, like for our podcast is we want to promote good quality, clean, inspirational romance stories. Uh, and yours totally fit the bill. I mean, I know you're not heavy on the romance side, which is fine. Um, because honestly, our listeners vary from like, they want a lot of romance to very little romance. So um, you just fell in um, 
really well there. So I just thank you because I, it's nice to meet a new author. I mean, I know you've been doing it since 2020, but that's still relatively new um, yes, yeah. to kind of push out there for our listeners. And I'm hoping that they grab a hold of your series because it's really, it's very interesting so far, as far as I've made it. So thank you. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in. I really enjoyed introducing you to our new author, Gina. So be sure to check out Gina's Vessel series on Kindle Unlimited. I'm looking forward to meeting with you and Karen Whitmire and Margaret Brownlee, Melissa Jaggers, and Julie Lessman tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you haven't signed up yet, be sure to do that today. You can sign up at literaryscape.com. It's right there on our front page. Just scroll down a little bit and you'll see a link to click to get signed up for that. We're also doing our four series giveaway tomorrow. Um, but you need to be live attended or signed up, at least signed up for it to have your name entered uh, to win those four series. And you can get all the information on that at literaryscape.com. But until next time, happy and blessed reading.